Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And welcome to a very special episode of Movie Virgins, wherein we do not watch a movie, we watch a nine-episode Netflix series. Which is basically a mini-series movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like a made-for-TV movie, but like slice up. Well, I mean, it's not like a made-for-TV movie. It's like a made-for-theater movie in nine parts. A made-for-Netflix. Anyway. Well, it's obviously made-for-Netflix. It is The Haunting of Bly Manor. And both of us committed to watching all nine episodes in like five days. We decided so, this on Sunday. So you're welcome. It's now Saturday. You're welcome. You're welcome, people. We watched all nine episodes. And you know what? It was a good watch. I guess that's what I want to talk about first. Initial feelings about it. And we both had seen The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. I adore Haunting of Hill House. Uh-oh. I, I feel like you're setting us up for a... Absolutely loved that. And I was really excited about Bly Manor because I loved Hill House so much. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I know it's going to be a different story, different characters. I was really excited to have some of the same actors back. Yeah, we need to talk about those guys. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, Gut feelings, gut reactions, disappointment. And I think, well, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to get into why now or do you want to start with other stuff? Like, do you want to, maybe we should just start with what this even is. Okay, what is it? <laughs> Besides a nine-episode Netflix series. No, I just didn't know if you wanted to talk about that. The fuck did I just watch? <laughs> it is funny because it's supposed to be somewhat based on uh, Turning of the Screw, right? A Turn of the a Screw. A Turn of the Screw. Yes. And I get some of it, but it's not ultimately because then all of a sudden there's a weird like lady of the lake element and Mm -hmm. there it goes from being a ghost story to almost more of a fairy tale but i don't feel like that's how it felt yeah and they definitely so and this is something that was great about hill house too they capture the feel very well it's a good watch so when i say i'm disappointed i'm not saying it's bad Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't, it certainly wasn't as good as Hill House. And I don't think it was as good as, you know, even standing alone, I don't think it was as good as it could have been. I felt. I, I agree. I'm curious your reasons for that, though. Um, a lot of it felt very forced to me. And what I think that the forced? story itself was mediocre at best. I, so, oh my God, there's so much. Um, first of all, I think. One of the reasons that I loved Haunting of Hill House so much is because at its core, it's a family drama. Yes. Yes. And that was... So when was the last time you watched Hill House? I watched it a few months ago. So I haven't seen it... Since For the, the second time I okay. watched it a few I haven't ago. seen it since the first time I watched it and I... It scared the shit out of me. It was... There were... Even the jump scares, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like I was... Like uh, there was a moment in that show where I... 
was more scared in one moment than I had been in a really long time. But I loved... Is it when Nell jumped out of the back of the car? Like the back seat? Yes. And I was on the couch like kicking my legs and like screaming. (laughs) But I think the family drama elements of it were probably the parts of it that I appreciated the most. And I was thinking a little bit about that last night in terms of... So I I am a sucker for family dramas. I am all about character. More so than story even. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that Hill House had a, a really good and interesting and rich story. But more than that, each and every character was was well thought out and well drawn out. And I think the great thing about it being a family, the the brilliant thing about having a family is a family at the core is you've already set up for me who these people are to one another. Mm-hmm. Nobody's learning about each other. They know each other right. because they're a family. So I'm thrown into this point where all of these relationships and these bonds have already been formed and I as the viewer get to see kind of why they get along in this way and why they think about, you know, this, this and this and this way about each other. Um, they have individual episodes where we delve deeper into an individual. But even then, no one's left out because everything that any one of these people goes through impacts their siblings mm-hmm. and their parents as well or their children if it's the parents episode. So you do get to to explore every character in every episode, even the ones that go really in depth into a single character. And you already have that kind of firm conceptual basis for who these people are. Because like I said, they're a family. You don't, you're not taking that for granted and you're not seeing relationships form. And I think one of the problems with Bly Manor is a lot of the relationships felt forced or rushed to me. And I think that's part of the reason why is we didn't get to have that really strong basis where we were jumping in. Because if you think about it, both of these are, are really just slice of life. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's this particular time. Exactly. It's this particular period of time. And yeah, we hearken back and we do flashbacks and things so that you can kind of see what happened in the past. But we're really only talking about this moment in time. You're talking about a moment in time with a well-established core group of characters that have these bonds and relationships with each other already. So you don't have to build those bonds and relationships. Then I can actually see the characters as they are and I don't it doesn't feel like there's too much exposition going on because it's already there it's already been set in stone who they are and what their relationships are and now we get to see these people in this totally different setting and everybody's kind of a stranger to one another even the people who've already been there so um the gardener the housekeeper the cook you know they've all been there and the rest of that would you like me to no don't they've already been there together for a period of time But they're not family. They've just worked together. You know they have a bond of some sort, but you don't really know what it is. So so I argue against that, and here's why. Mm. Here's why. Sure. And and because they all went through something tragic twice together. But you don't see it. You only hear them say that. You do, but I feel like the only... I, I, I hear you on the felt like some relationships felt forced. The only relationship that I felt like was kind of shoveled, shoved in my face was Danny and Jamie. Everybody else... Which is interesting because I actually... I think the relationship that felt the most forced to me Mm -hmm. was Hannah and Owen. Oh, I loved Hannah and Owen. I I totally bought Hannah and Owen. I didn't. and Well, here's why I didn't buy it. Because maybe I just totally missed the clues leading up to it. But by the time you are told, basically told, that they like each other, I hadn't seen 
anything leading up Are to you it. Kidding me? I didn't see the fleeting glances. I like, didn't see any it, of the buildup. I didn't, and there were episodes. There were like, well, we're talking about three or four episodes in between, mm-hmm. and it felt like all of a sudden it was. These two people who, yes, they obviously are friends and get along. I'm mm-hmm. not saying you didn't see any kind of relationship there, but I didn't see any kind of romantic entanglement there at all. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, wait, maybe they do kind of crush each, crush I, each other. Like, I I felt like watching them, it was like watching two old friends realize that they feel more than just friendship for each other. And it, because from the beginning, and you get to see their first meeting even in... Yeah, 12 times. In Hannah's memory and how much that they care for each other but even from that moment so we don't see that that's not him either it's not but we don't see that moment until much later on but i feel like the two of them i don't know it felt good to me i i totally got that and i'm not and i loved both of those characters right oh i did i think the characters were great i just the the romance felt really Mm. off to me like, because I didn't see any kind of build-up to it. It was just mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And even when you get the flashbacks, she has to... There was no showing. There was mm-hmm. no showing me. She actually said later on, when she finally was saying to him, oh, mm-hmm. it's because I'm dead. She said, I feel like I what fell in love with you then, or yeah. I, I love you and I never... I, I should have told you that mm-hmm. I loved you. Like, she said the words, but there you didn't show me any of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't... So it just felt forced. So the thing... And I'm sure there are other things you want to talk about, the things that you didn't like about it. But um, so Hill House, they play with time a little bit, but there's really only two timelines. And it's you get to see the family when they're. Mm-hmm. She did bite me. This fucking cat just bit me. I told you. Um, Sorry. I said yeah. So, you, yeah, you see them as kids when they're going yes, through this. You see them ki- as kids and then you see them as adults dealing with the aftermath of this whole right. thing that's happened. In this, one of the things I appreciated about this show, or Bly Manor, I guess, is that they. They play with time a lot. And there's a lot of, like, stories within stories. So we start in 2007, and we have the storyteller mm-hmm. narrating this entire thing that's going on. And it bounces around from memory to memory, from person to person. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we hear this dream hopping mm-hmm. that I Which think, doesn't make any sense and is just thrown in there. And <sighs> So that, that I think... So, so I liked that. I liked mm-hmm. my... Uh, and I do want to talk about our favorite episodes, but I think probably my favorite episode was episode five which was the Hannah episode. Yes. No, I... I, I that going was, in yeah. and out of doors, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what exactly is happening, but also you get to see everything, and it was just really, really interesting way to do it. Um, also, that woman is a phenomenal actress. And, yeah, she's great. Like, give her fucking awards and shit, because I was just blown away. Um, but I... But so, 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 I so, agree so, that was one of my favorite right. episodes. I just don't... I don't know what that did for the story. So, I think... It was fun to see. It was fun to see, and as for what it did for the story, like, I... you. It's Hannah's story. It was kind of like in the same way they did Hill House. Everybody kind of had their... So anyway. No, I get that. I mean the concept of... Dream hopping. Dream hopping. So the dream hopping thing. So getting down to like... So episode seven is where everything comes to a head. Mm. You have episode, episode seven is where you... Like Peter has his new... Peter Quint has his new great idea. And he and... and Bex, to possess a child. Bex are going to possess the children. And that kind of rolls us into, so that's kind of the, the, I feel like the climax of the story right there is in that moment. And then, well, maybe the first climax, there's another climax later on, but, um, I liked, it it wasn't that they were playing with time. At first I thought we were playing with time. Mm -hmm. At first when I saw that episode, I thought Hannah was a time traveler in some way because she was having these lost moments where she Did you not know she was dead? I, so I was trying to do the math on that, like figure out 
like I was either she's a time traveler or she's a ghost. I oh. couldn't figure that out. So I assumed she was dead within the first few minutes of so meeting her because she, she was a little eating, bit. She was a little bit out of it, and then spacey. she didn't eat anything. Yes. Yeah. Um. She never left the manor. Like you can right. start to put it together. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so it makes sense. But I liked that that there were stories within stories, and I liked that they played with that. And I think my problem with it, I still liked it better than Hill House. You liked it better? Yes. So that's right. I didn't even get to tell you. I oh, do like it better. Wow, that makes me want to punch you in the face. It may have something to do with the fact that Lindsay, I have a problem. Okay. He has three names. It's Oliver Jackson Cohen. I am very obsessed. Okay. I mean, he's like, in Hill House. Too. I know, but not as much as he. And then it, M- M- Michelle or Michael Husman or Heisman or whatever his name is, is, yeah, is in he's Hill House not, too. Right. But right now, I think that I'm having a moment, and okay. I'm just going to, like, revel in this moment and, like, just enjoy it. I mean, that's cool. <gasps> but, okay, but that does, I mean, that's part of it, but. But talking about, like, you can't, you cannot, you can't actually think that the story, though. So, I was going to say, I almost like, it, it, it's a ghost story. It's someone, I like that it's, it's, it's a woman is telling a story uh, a ghost story. And then the... No, the, it's a love story. Uh, sure, in the end. Fine, Flora. But the la- the second to last episode is kind of where they lost me. Because that one, the the one where we go back all the way to the 1600s and you've got... Oh, you didn't like that? It's not that I didn't like okay. it, but it felt... And I love that we're hearing... It's like a ghost story. We're hearing another ghost story inside of a yeah, ghost story. It was yeah. very cool. And I and I liked the story of Viola or Viola or mm-hmm. however you say her name. She seemed really great. Played by Katie... Kate, I can't think of her name, but she's... No, my, Theo. Yeah, Theo. <laughs> and she's wonderful. But um, I think my problem... And her the, sister Perdita, which made me so mad Perdita. because the name Perdita is mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they kept calling her Perdita and it just pisses uh, me off. But, um, but I guess it felt... That that episode then takes us into episode nine, and episode nine felt very rushed. Yes, I agree. It felt like, it, but it also like, okay. Go ahead. It, it was rushed. Like like Miles is a main part of the story, and forget Miles. We don't even get to see any of him in the last bit of the the, the last episode. No, you just all of a sudden see Peter, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm sorry. Uh, I probably shouldn't have taken you hostage." And Miles yes. is like, "What happened?" And then and then the the, the the fix for everything is Danny saying, "Me, you, us," which doesn't even make any sense. No, and I was trying to remember back if she said something like like that to her fiance Edmund. If there was something, like, I feel like when they were having the moment in, in the dinner, oh, I don't think it was at the dinner where them. they broke up, I feel like she was saying we're still us. So, Maybe. but so I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if if when the ghost, the lady of the lake, grabbed her, she had some kind of moment where she realized everything. But it's like she felt it in her bones that she had to say it. Well, it was because was- she was up in the attic with everybody when they were talking about okay so maybe that's what it is yeah because that was how that was how they got inside that was how peter got inside miles you know saying that it's okay to get inside of me but um (laughs) it felt very like easy like it felt very simple and easy and too simple and easy and i didn't like and it didn't it honestly didn't make sense sense. because here so i actually i really liked the episode where we went back in time and saw the the sisters at blind man yes perdita and (laughs) Viola. The story no, it of was, her being trapped in the chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, there were elements of it that <sighs> weren't great. But it was a nice little hour-long ghost story. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really yes. great. Um, there were moments where I, like, I could are, see the makeup on. Yeah. Uh, and I, it really bothered me. It oh, took see, me it didn't, it didn't uh, CGI, bother me, though. CGI leeches 
took me out. It, I didn't even notice that really. But in fairness, my internet was popping in and out, so okay. I barely well, remember I'm the allegiance. Tell you, like, I could see the holes in your work, people, and try harder. Go on. Um, yeah. So the, the makeup I actually thought was kind of fun because it it made me think of like uh, um, Cask of Amontillado and the old and like the Edgar Allan Poe movie, the Pit in the mm-hmm. Pendulum, the original yeah. Pit in the Pendulum. Um, I am completely blanking on the the guy's name. Um, a horror classic. Nosferatu? No, no, no. Actual real person. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Nosferatu isn't real. I, was, I don't know. Like you're talking about a character in a horror classic? No, I'm talking about an actor. Okay, anyway. I'm sure I'll come up with uh, at some okay. point. Um, Vincent Price. It, it reminded Price. me very oh, much yes. of like the of a cheap. Vincent Price kind of production oh, okay, too where okay. you can kind of tell that it's makeup but it adds because it's black and white it just mm-hmm. kind of all comes this together. Was even almost like sepia. It wasn't exactly a little bit, black and yeah. white. Yeah. Um, but there was something about it that just had that great feel to it mm-hmm. that I, I did enjoy. But the story itself doesn't make a lick of sense. And I really liked... Like how she willed herself to remain... No, no, I, I kind of... And I liked, you know, they were saying that there, everybody said that death came for her and she refused him so many times that he just stopped coming like that was kind of clever mm-hmm. and but it doesn't make sense that she would have a sort of gravity that would pull people in but okay let's say that she does and all of these spirits are trapped there sometimes the spirits can be seen and sometimes they can't sometimes they can touch things and sometimes they can't sometimes mm-hmm. they can do this random dream hop thing so that's rules, never explained the rules are strange and and not really the, explained very well what really bothers me is she's i i liked you know, she she slept, she woke, she walked, she slept, she woke. Really, I really liked that. Yeah, I really liked that. And that she was waiting to be freed by her daughter and then she did get freed. And she, of course, became this kind of embittered spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the story aspect of it. But then when she's walking, all of a sudden she's strangling people for no reason. They never, there was never any reason yeah. for her to kill people. First of all, I don't know how she did it because... She's a ghost that can't be seen, but sometimes she can be seen. And sometimes mm-hmm. she can apparently drag people by the throat, even though when she was alive, she never choked people and strangled people. And it doesn't make sense as to why she would why want she to do that. this thing, especially to strangers. And it's not, there's no hint of it at all other than I mean, she didn't realize people were strangers because, you know, she's kind of They do say losing. at the end, because she's, she's faded away, so all she is is a sure, thought Sure, but that or still doesn't explain why she would kill people as she went it just didn't make any sense as so, to why she would do that i don't and then, i don't disagree but i guess when it comes to ghosts a lot of times we are talking about something that is it is supernatural unexplained and also that it, it could be a feeling so if she's she's angry she's like i understand she's angry that. about her sister opening that trunk she's mad as hell at her sister betraying her so to speak by marrying her husband after she died she obviously was just a really fiery person so that something about her that that imprint that she, she left behind never was angry killed people before she killed her sister she killed her sister as a ghost no she i'm talking her. about as she when she was alive she wasn't a murderess she wasn't a bad person no but if you think- and you can talk about a spirit becoming corrupted sure but again how did she even gain the ability to do you know how it's real talk. It's real talk now. <laughs> we'll talk about, you, about ghosts, ghosts in the supernatural. Do you know how much energy you would have to put into making your hand corporeal to grab onto a human being's throat? And obviously she had some kind of superhuman strength because she was just dragging full-grown men around. It's true, yes. And it just didn't make a lick of sense. And furthermore, and this is where <laughs> I'm going to get on my high horror okay. horse. get up there. 
it makes me fucking crazy when you take something that could be so scary in its subtlety mm-hmm. and you turn it into something so in your face. So so, so you can take this. In that they're trying to explain who the lady in the lake is, you think they went a step too far because they didn't explain it well enough? No. I, I, the subtlety of it would be, here is this woman who haunts the manor and is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and she is. And she, right. She doesn't have to kill people to be terrifying. Fair. And I don't understand why this kind of ridiculous little uh, aspect was put in. And in fact, what would make it a damn more scary too is if she figured out how to get inside people mm. and then used them to kill others. Yeah. I think that would be uh, more interesting and more frightening. And it still wouldn't really make sense as to why she has this drive. Because I was literally, I'm sitting there watching the show and I said aloud to myself, why is she strangling everybody like i really don't know what her deal is like bitch why are you killing people this doesn't make any oh i'm looking for my daughter okay well so i get why she killed the little boy by taking him back into Mm -hmm. the lake with her like that makes sense you found a child and you brought it back and if you want to kill children that way as a ghost i mean cool i guess whatever Mm -hmm. but the strangling people and dragging him around just didn't make any sense to me at all also (laughs) when she strangles peter he dies in like five seconds. I she know. just like drags him away and he's dead. But she does it later to um, Danny. And she's dragging her all around the house. And Danny's just like, oh, it's a little hard to breathe. Oh, but I guess I'll be all right. And then she turns out being all right. And then she does the whole us thing and like mm-hmm. sucks her in, which doesn't even make any sense because why would this ghost woman even think that that was a thing? So, okay, let's say she hears the words, you, me, us, and she vaguely recalls that mm-hmm. it's the kind of words that she said to her daughter once, you know, hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't really have any kind of memory. So, okay, maybe we sparked her memory a little bit, but did we spark her memory and at the same time make her realize what she is and that she can actually inhabit this other person? Also, she didn't touch her at all. And if you remember Miss whatever Jessel. her name is, yeah, Miss Jessel, she had to keep touching well, I don't remember if Peter did too. Peter, but Miss Jessel was Peter definitely touch touching Flora. Yeah. yeah, so they were touching each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. There was no touching going on because she was all the way out in the lake holding on to Flora. Still doesn't make sense as to how she actually got inside of her. But okay, let's say she got inside mm-hmm. of her. Two things. Mm-hmm. One, why are we not talking about this? Like Danny's like, I feel her inside, and. Jamie's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. And everybody else is like, we're probably just going to leave this manor and forget this ever happened. Nobody wants to help this person who's obviously possessed by a ghost that has strangled hundreds of people who but don't even not, appear in the but house. she's not obviously possessed. Let me tell you something. The only yeah. obvious thing is that I she, get her possessed, roots were darker and now she has a brown eye. If I get possessed by a ghost, mm-hmm. I am going to call everyone to try to get it out of me. I am going to call the priest. I am going to call the witch doctor. I am going to go I got travel my witch doctor the world. And speed down. Good. You should. Okay. Because this is very important stuff. I'm also going to go to see an actual therapist and strengthen my own mind because maybe I can keep her at bay just by keeping myself healthier. I'm going to try everything to get rid of this bitch. Okay? Okay? She didn't do a damn thing. Are so, you just living in denial? I, I think that doesn't make And then also, I'm sorry. Let's talk for a second. Supernatural has been on the air for like over a decade. Yes, it has. And if there's one thing that it has taught me, it is that if there's ever a ghost, you burn their bones. So you go down into (laughs) that lake and you pull that chest up and you fucking set it on fire. In fact, you know what? Burn down all of Bly Manor. (laughs) Why was there no fire? Why is nobody burning the shit out of this? Because Danny saved them. No. She supposedly sacrificed herself and it was a stupid sacrifice because... 
she had every opportunity to get rid of this ghost and instead she just lived with it for no reason at all but no i think she did have a reason and her reason was no there's no reason because you could have gotten rid of it okay here's why because we meet Danny, and we don't know anything about her, but it's obvious that she's running away from something. So she comes to London. She's trying to find a job. She convinces Henry to give her this job. She she reads him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finds him in the bar and basically tells him, that was awful. Let's talk. Convinces him to get to give her the job. She, and then you then you find out that she's being haunted by this ex-love, mm-hmm. Edmund. Are Eddie. you going to say that she did all this because of some sort of guilt? I think that, one... Her and her and Eddie's mother says it. She's always putting other people ahead of herself, and that is the kind of person that she is. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, she was traumatized to heck with what happened with Ed. And I think that she, it, it for her was a way she saved. She that was the only way she could help. No, I, in that I, a hundred percent bought that. And I think she accepted that. that. And I think she was, in a way, um, holding on to that and she didn't feel good enough and she was like I accept that this is my burden this is my burden to bear because I hurt this man that I cared about blah 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 you know what would have been interesting is if she had felt that way and if Jamie had been like all right you're crazy (laughs) I know I know and had actually helped her through it and said we're gonna go visit the witch doctor and the priest and the therapist but instead she's like I love you so much and we're so in love and everything's gonna be so great and wonderful but I'm not actually gonna help you with anything which kind of makes the love story um a little lesser in my mind self-hate there might be something in there to that something to do with the fact that she couldn't be herself for so many years and was hiding who she was from the people she loved and had really fucked up when she agreed to marry Edmund, but I, I don't know. There's something to that. I do, do you know what's interesting, though, is you say there's something to it, and I believe it, but I didn't get any of it. And I sort of felt like, and that was part of why I feel like some of it felt rushed, um, and maybe you couldn't get everything in. You know, you have this, they didn't, they didn't this wonderful it. story yeah. with her yeah. and Edmund that you really get to see her mm-hmm. struggle. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she's kissing Jamie and everything seems fine. And then she sees Edmund again, but then she burns a bottle of wine, or she burns his glasses mm-hmm. and she's like, mm, I guess we're done. And and then everything's fine. You like, know, everything's fine? Really? Because she doesn't, after that, no. she's not seeming guilty. She's not, she doesn't seem to have any trouble kind of committing herself like, then to like Jamie. It feels like she let go of him, yes. I thought the thing that was going to save her was Edmund. I thought his ghost was going to come and overpower this bitchy mm. lady of the lake at the end it was funny so the end of episode seven where everything kind of comes to a head and uh victoria Peretti's character danny just gets mm-hmm. caught up by the lady and she's you see her getting dragged across i, I kept thinking and then they kind of stop it mm-hmm. and then we get to see this gothic tale and this moment of like they always had these moments in uh, arrest development where like they would pause everything like michael would say something really obvious and then they would pause it and be like, you know, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, the like, narrator like, would like, come over. Like, I just want to see, like, a pause. In that moment, Danny realized that she'd made a huge mistake. Yes. That would <laughs> be great. like, just to freeze frame it, because she's just like, wow. <laughs> Can we talk about the, the narrator for a second? Carla Gugino? Carla Gugino. Gugino, yeah. But, I, I mean, the... Just the narration of it? Yeah, the idea of having narration. The fact that it's Jamie, except for the fact that she has a completely different accent. Like, a fucking completely different accent. Like, it's not even remotely close to how Jamie was. So, I think there's supposed to be a little bit of... She's telling a story. Sure. She's telling... So, like... First of all, her voice... Her voice is amazing and her accent was good when she stuck with this... 
the actual accent instead of slipping yeah. into a weird. But because because when you see the people in real life, so to speak, at the end, they don't look or sound like the people. I mean, they they're a little bit look, different. I but know. I guess that explains it away. This is a character mm-hmm. in her story. It's it not doesn't her. explain it away, and for it me. still is her story. Like it's just a story. So, yes, I think two issues I have with it. I first of all, I do appreciate a good narration at times. Jesus Christ, we just watched Goodfellas, and I hated the narration in that. But you go ahead. So, well, but the thing with, with Goodfellas is he's mm. telling... No, no, just listen. Just, just shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. Just shut up. Just shut up. Just you shut can up. defend it, shut but up. I'm not I'm going to turn your mic off. Like it. I'm going to just, like, unplug you. <laughs> I'm going to turn this mic off. That's it. We're done. <laughs> the thing about the narration in Goodfellas is it's it's coming from his life. So he's telling you the story of his life. The problem I have with this particular narration is... She's telling you about things that happened that she never witnessed or saw. And I didn't get a feel from the story that Danny would have explained all of these things to her. And also, I didn't, but you don't get that feeling. Again, it's those things that we can sit here and talk about it and justify it away. Mm -hmm. But if there's nothing in the actual story that points to it at all, Mm -hmm. and it's all just pure speculation, that's a hole in the story. And what I feel like is she knew, and she knew things that I don't think Danny would have known either. Like what? Like, the whole story of the sisters at Bly Manor. Even if Danny was possessed by that ghost, that ghost didn't remember Who's because that ghost lost her whole memory. They didn't look into it. I mean, those people oh, were Oh, did they find the newspaper grounds. clippings no, from no. the 16th I'm just, century? I'm just saying. I she wouldn't have, it, they would have known all of that. It could also just be that she... The other thing I was thinking, too, before they kind of do that, I'm on the fence about the reveal at the end where you see... Flora and Henry dancing and then it's like oh it's little Flora and younger Henry and then you see Owen and Miles but it's oh it's little Miles and younger Owen I felt like they didn't I didn't I didn't like that they did that because I kind of liked the thought that it really was just a story that this lady came and told at a wedding and Mm -hmm. it wasn't she wasn't a part of it it was just a story Um, and then there's a little bit of mystery was she was she a part of the story or is it is it true or is it just a story and i hate that they did that at the end and it it felt, it felt like cheap kind of not cheap but i like i would have loved to have the mystery still be there of like because mm-hmm. because i because you are thinking that like oh is it them um and then i was trying to do the math so i just assumed the story it was takes time, place but... in 87 she's telling the story to all of them in 2007 so that's 20 years and flora is like what eight in 87 so she would have been 28 when she was getting married i'm sorry the chick getting married was not 28 she was younger than 28 she, was, she could have been 28 i don't know she she was behaving more like early 20s well she didn't remember the first eight years of her life so it's true (laughs) she's put that true um so yeah i would have liked if they hadn't have done that and i again i feel like there were a ton of loose ends too yeah and i hate i hate that they rushed it miles and flora were such important parts of the story and they just get brushed under the rug at the end the dolls the dolls were like in the dollhouse yes let's let's talk about um how these dolls are all like in the first like yeah it was the first episode right when she was like oh is that supposed to be so and so and she was like no they're not they're not real people they're just Mm -hmm. dolls but then you find out that they are kind of real people and you assume that they are and then you see her mother going on right and you say her mother you see her mother give her a A little doll that she says is a talisman and i used to make them and this and that and then flora says that she makes them but maybe she does maybe she doesn't we don't really know Mm -hmm. we don't really know and the whole time i'm waiting to figure out what these dolls are and you see the woman without a face as a doll right and she's like oh we have to keep her hidden beneath the bureau but then sometimes she's sitting upright so Mm -hmm. i'm assuming that's a sign she's been out and about but then when you get into the story of 
Viola and how she's walking. All she does is sleep and walk. She doesn't right. play with dolls. Right. So I don't know where that so, came from. So how and is then, the dollhouse connected to everything else? Right. And then in the end, there's no explanation for who made these dolls, who's moving these dolls, who's mm-hmm. in control of these dolls, where the dolls came from, where the concept of them came from. Are they like uh, Hannah at one point says that she's making that the, that floor is making these talismans to mm-hmm. try to them. protect them. But there's no explanation of how it would even be so happening. I, I have a theory about this. Okay, I but again, if you have a theory, they obviously didn't give us much information. They didn't, but I kind of like, I kind of like, I feel like they dropped hints. So, I, at one point, in early on, I was like, because the kids, Miles, of course, is acting strange, and yeah. Flora will act strange. I'm like, these kids are fucking possessed. Yeah, it turns out they actually are possessed. Great. I figured it out, but. So, well, he is, at least. I don't know how often she popped into Flora. She made her. Yeah, what dream travel or something I think but more often than not you would see flora looking off and i yeah. think she was talking to her that's, exactly yeah, that's yeah. what i mean i don't know that she was possessed as much um as... and you know we do need to talk about the acting and stuff because these sure, kids sure. did a bang-up job but um and i think at one point i wrote down nice work henry thomas okay <laughs> <laughs> so my theory is was it just based on that smile because it was yes, a great creepy smile, smile. excellent yes. i loved it um so there are these moments that happen kind of towards the end so we see the talismans in the beginning that flora is making them and then you see her mom give her one and her mom's like i used to make them when i was a kid it's like no big and then the moment the sh- the face off between henry and dom when dom after dom realizes what it happened and the flora isn't his daughter and he's he confronts him in the office confronts henry and he tells him he, he says he's banished, which I loved that. He had, like, thought it was not a bad, it should be worse than that, but banishment is all I can do right now, and you're banished from my family and from my house. And then he tells him, and you have to be here with yourself. And he basically creates this alternate ego, this mm-hmm. alternate ego, this alternate character, this alternate version of Henry. This is doppelganger, yeah. And guess what? Henry's being followed around by this that was really confusing to me at first because other people there were other ghostly creatures but henry outside of the manor has this and i don't feel like, like it was following him it around. was interesting i guess from a psychological perspective mm-hmm. uh, it was it was kind of an interesting story point but it didn't play into the story at right. all it was just and him. yeah i feel like there were that you know henry's doppelganger whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it the the dolls um the dream hopping yeah. there were so many things that were put in and were interesting little tidbits mm-hmm. but then were completely dropped and it made me wonder if a did we just not have enough time to explore it and that maybe it felt rushed or b because i feel like this happens a lot in horror movies we're just gonna do creepy stuff. we're just exactly we're just gonna right. do creepy stuff and if it doesn't work oh well so what it was fun to watch right like who gives a shit i need it i need to give a shit i need it to to mean matter something. right I, so my theory is that they're they're fucking witches because why the Who's fuck the, witch? the family like why the fuck is what's her face and you know the biggest mystery the thing that really first of all i should just say i think that they were like dom cursed his brother he banished him and he also created this alternate version of himself that then is following henry around and then mom uh what the fuck constance or whoever the fuck charlotte is giving her kid fucking talismans that's fucking weird. I'm sorry, that's weird. Did you make a talisman when you were a kid? Did your mom give you a talisman and say, I used to make these when I was a kid? That's weird that normal people don't do that. So I think they're witches. They're fucking family full of witches. And I also was thinking the dream hopping could have been a familial thing, but I don't think it is because 
Um, well, Peter's not family. Because doing Peter's it. not family and he's dream hopping and Hannah's not family and she's dream hopping. Yeah. Um, I do think that, that Hannah has something special about her and I don't know what it is. It's interesting though. Like because the, she was able to hold on more so than the other ghosts. Yeah, she has some kind of strength in yeah. her. And I feel like I found that really interesting and compelling. And again, I think maybe it comes back to being character driven that it was mm-hmm. about her. And I really liked that episode. But I didn't, I, I 100% accept the fact that Time is not time is not linear. Mm-hmm. And once you're taken out of this human construct of time because you have died, it makes perfect sense to me that you could move about freely, so to speak, and that you may go back in time or you may... And I was thinking about, like, I think I actually talked to you about Daniel Brinkley, who yeah, had the, the, who had the most complete near-death yeah. experience, and he talked about um, doing kind of a, a recap of mm-hmm. your life and reliving yep. those moments. And I... I believe that that could definitely be part of the the dying process. So when I was watching it, I was really interested in that fact that she was moving through time and space in a way that you can't do while you're alive um, unless you have some sort of transcendental abilities. Um, But I don't, like, then he started, Peter started talking about dream hopping as though it's this, like, magical fun thing that we created that we're walking through. And it I was think it's so, something he figured out. It was so, I, I can't think of a better word other than stupid for me. Because I, I bought that it was all just part of life and death, so to speak. Right. So it was, they were stuck in this stage of right. death and they couldn't get past and it. And then you... Instead, they made this, like, weird, convoluted explanation that isn't a real explanation, and you basically gave it a name, but you didn't tell me what it really is or how you do it or why you would do it or anything, and it just felt very... It was very off-putting. Yeah, they unloaded... In that moment where he and Jessel are trying to get inside of the kids, they unloaded a lot of shit on us. Yeah, and it didn't make... It didn't make sense, and I, I didn't... I didn't like it. I mean, you could have... It would have made more sense to me if you had said that every time... They come in contact with the kids. They kill them a little bit. Mm. And they're maybe going through the dying process. And in so far as do, in, the, in doing that, they're reliving yeah. past moments. That's a really simple, easy explanation mm-hmm. that doesn't... I still don't know what the fuck a dream yeah. hop is. I also was really... The, the other... The big mystery that I wish we knew more about. How the fuck did mom and dad die? I... I fi- finally, we hear that it's an Was accident. it in Mumbai? I feel like it's just a dangerous place. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, so first they're going to India, and I'm like, why the fuck would they go to India? Oh, they're witches. I get it. But it's not because they're witches, it's because they're colonialists. <laughs> they're witches. I was like, witches like to go to India. <laughs> what does that even mean? How is is India a safe haven for a ghost, witchery? They're going to be like Michael Douglas in the Ghost in the Jar. <laughs> I was in Africa. <laughs> I know I'm a shitty human being. Leave me alone. You know to- those like Indian lions. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. So anyway, so they're going to India, but it's to retrace their honeymoon, which is just really sweet. Um, is it or is it just like stupid rich the white shit people? That rich white, desperate rich white, rich white. Oh, we're going there. to recreate our honeymoon and go on a month long journey through <laughs> right. India. So there's this accident, and they're both and they're both dead. And we don't get to see... Maybe they're not, though. We never got bodies. We don't... Exactly. And we don't get to see 
the um the reveal to the kids we only get to see the reveal to henry but yeah i was wondering like why are they dead Mm. and they did so many like how are they dead to come back to the kids too uh, there was a moment after owen's mother died when they were at dinner Mm -hmm. and flora was talking to him and she said you know after she was like after my mom died i thought that i was was dying too because she told him it won't happen to you i just want you to know exactly and it was so great touching sure Mm -hmm. but there was something there Mm -hmm. and it never got explored yeah as to why this small child would feel like she was because she didn't say i was afraid of death Mm -hmm. she didn't say that she said i thought i was dying yeah and i really thought that was going to go somewhere like maybe she really is dead or she's really in touch with um i don't know with the other side in some way and i think she even said she said too you know dead doesn't mean gone right but i think that's because she's seen dead people well no and i i kind of get that except she said that her parents aren't here, but other people are coming back. Like, she kind of alluded to that. I, I don't understand how she figured that out, though. I think that's the thing that I was, another thing that I was waiting for. Because she's she's young. She's mm-hmm. eight years old. She has these dolls made of these other characters. And you know that she sees them and interacts with them. But the only time that she talks about them at all is after she sees the little boy and she doesn't think that he's a dead little boy. I mean, mm-hmm. she doesn't say anything about yeah, she's not it. Doesn't, scared of him. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like she has any concept of them being ghosts. Yeah. She just knows that this one lady is scary. And mm-hmm. so I don't know how she got to the point of realizing what death is mm-hmm. and that death the, and death doesn't true. mean gone and I, I that would have been I a really interesting was, thing to see if I it think, was like maybe a certain ghost because apparently there are hundreds because apparently this bitch just wanted to strangle everybody. i think it's jessel and quint i think she saw first of all they saw peter die both of those kids saw peter die and come and, and then become a ghost i think they and then she saw miss jessel like in the pond or in the lake and then saw her crying. So I think they, she was seeing these people. I think I just wanted, I wanted that moment. You wanted to know more. Yeah. About, yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah. I think, I think that would have been a great moment to see Miss Jessel maybe mm-hmm. explain to her that, because she's eight years old. Yeah, she might have seen them dead, but mm-hmm. does she even have a real concept of death? Right. So when she, when she saw Peter again, even though she saw Peter while his body was being dragged mm-hmm. away too, did she really know what that means? And I think that would have been a really great moment to have maybe if it's Miss Jessel, if, mm-hmm. whomever, explain to her what death is. Right. Which could maybe harken back to her parents too because I don't know. We don't get to see, right. like you said, when right. they were told we about their get, parents. We don't know what they understand. They, they, right. We know that they didn't get to see the bodies. Yeah. And we know that it was like mom and dad went away and mom and dad never And came that would have been such an interesting perspective shift. Yeah. I think, so if we go back to Hill House, one of the best things about Hill House was the bent neck lady. Yeah. And the great thing about the bent neck lady, aside from just the scary aspects too, is what it really comes down to is Nell is being haunted by visions of her own death. Mm -hmm. Even though she's a small child. She's a small child who doesn't even really know what death is by the time when she, whom is dead at that point, begins haunting her. Mm -hmm. So it is, there is that idea of not even being aware of what life and death means and yet being shown glimpses of it the whole time and how she slowly sort of she never really figures it out of course until she Mm -hmm. sees herself traveling through which is like the best moment of the whole series um when she's when she's falling because she's also gifted because she can she can nell is a person who is sort of clairvoyant and can see past and future and so i think i just mean i like the the kind of journey of growth though i think 
and I think they had the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. with Flora and Miles, and, and they, they did they didn't. But I think also too, there's something about this family. They have gifts in that same kind of way. It isn't as uh, made as obvious to us as it is in Hill House, but I think it's the same kind of thing. There's something about them. Um, but I guess I don't like that's speculation, and the reason I say that is because in Hill House. They didn't explain it away. It, it was, was just obvious. one moment. Yeah, but I mean, there was no real explanation of it. It was just at one point, the the mom, you know, when she gave Theo mm-hmm. gloves, she said something to the effect of like, yeah, my mom was sensitive and I'm sensitive and, yeah. you know, you're probably sensitive too. And that was a great explanation for a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and for the it's viewers. Like the right. And for the viewers, we were like, okay, I get it. They have mm-hmm. something going. Through, but there's no mention of anything. So you're saying like, this is a family of witches. Well, I'm just. But, I, and I'm maybe like, it is. I'm, I'm making assumptions. Sure. But I But kinda... it would have been nice then to have an episode of maybe the boys when they were kids. Right. You know, Dom and, yeah. and, and Henry and like. Maybe their mother taught them something about right. witchcraft. I don't know. So you're talking about Hill House and how it's the family drama. And I think in this show, it's less about familial, relation- familial relationships and more about other kinds of relationships, friendships, a lot of romantic relationships. And I think for what part of it probably has to do with fucking Oliver Jackson Cohen. And I forgive me, but I liked watching him and Jessel like have their moments and like, she just got sucked in really quick mm-hmm. and i bought their romance yeah. more oh, than the I others i totally bought it yeah. and and i and i also liked his character because it was really hard to figure out cuz you're hearing different things about him and everyone of course who's alive believes that he's a thief mm-hmm. no one knows the truth and the truth is he's not a thief and he actually probably was a really good guy and then it turns out he was fucking abused and like that's terrible well and, he was still a thief though he still stole stuff okay sure he still stole stuff <laughs> i mean but um I, we never find out who took that money. I'm assuming it's his mother. Somebody took that yeah, money, I, and I, you don't know. Or maybe that was. Or I uh, maybe he. I assumed that he took it and gave it to his mother as a payoff, basically. But right, yeah, who knows? But anyway, um, like I liked watching them. I thought their moments together felt very real, and him wanting you know to run away and all of that, and then what happens to them and how he keeps convincing her to take the next step i mean i knew she was i knew he was going to be the reason that she died yeah but watching that unfold and how she just kept going yeah i'll try it sure i'll try it sure i'll do it even to the she finally stops when it came to like flora she protected flora Mm -hmm. which i thought was wonderful um didn't protect miles but yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck miles you know he could be a little bit of a fucker but yeah oh Um, i'm sorry there's no possible way that i can get myself to be at expelled other than to murder an innocent animal, you probably could have just looked at the priest and been like, "Go fuck yourself and get an expel." I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. Father Stack seemed pretty like. We'll go to another priest. There were plenty of priests around. Like, and you know, it's kind of implied when Danny speaks to Miles initially about school. She's like, "If there's anything you ever want to talk about, it's kind of implied that maybe something. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe yeah. there was some touching going on, and then you find out the father's just a really great guy. Yeah, <laughs> like even forgives him for the bird, like. Just, just a really good guy, you know. I just, I still feel like there are. You could have done something that didn't require <laughs> killing and then flaying an animal. I also thought, and we didn't get to see a ton of them, but Charlotte and Henry, just you know how much he loves her. Like from, like you could just see it in his face. There's that moment where they're kind of having that really prolonged kiss. It's kind of gross. But then she pulls away, and he's just got tears in his eyes, and she's just like, "Oh wow, we're in trouble." <laughs> And then, oh, honey. And then, of course, she's got her poor husband on a string. And then he finally, 
Six years in? <laughs> that was a great... Kid? He was great, though. He that was, was a wonderful was, moment. So that confrontation in the kitchen and then the confrontation between the brothers was great. Yeah. Wonderfully done. Heart-wrenching, heartbreaking. Like, ah, oh, so beautiful. Yeah. So you get to see, like, new relationships blossoming. And then it was... And you get to see old relationships ending and... Can I say how sad it was, too, though, that he... When he was confronting Henry and he was saying, she is my daughter and I will be the one who will walk mm-hmm. her down the aisle. And then in the very end, you see her... With, supposed Supposedly with, her dance, with Flora dancing with yeah. Henry at her wedding. Yeah. That was a little heartbreaking moment. But I, Hill House, I think was scarier. This, yeah, this one, I cried way more. You I mean, cried? When did you cry? I fucking cried. I cried when Dom and Charlotte were like having their conversation. I cried when Dom banished Henry. I fucking cried at the end with like Danny and um. I feel like, are you in your Jamie? fucking period? No, you. <laughs> you cried. <laughs> You, what? I'm revoking your feminist card because Whatever. I can, if I feel like crying, I can cry. You can like, cry. I'm not telling you you can't. I just don't get it. Yeah, I was emotional. And and I always cry at weddings. Um, there was but yeah, no wedding. <laughs> I think, too, the moments where um, Rebecca was talking, like when, when Rebecca's gone, not dead and she realized that Peter is dead and they're, she's like, telling him let's just run away from here and people will think I'm a crazy person but I don't care I just want to be with you and she was willing to let him take over her fucking body and her mind and like inhabit her Mm -hmm. that's intense and some of it feels a little bit kind of like Romeo and Juliet like a little bit much like you probably went a little step too far if you're willing to let this person inside of your body like if you but just that what kind of woman would let someone inside of her body (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck all of you. No. Uh. <laughs> but it's a wonderful metaphor, right? And sure. this, like, lying. A wonderful <laughs> metaphor. She lets a man into her body and he fucking murders her. Yeah, yeah. It's all bad news. <laughs> and he leaves before she takes her last breath because yep. it'd be too hard on him. Oh, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't know. handle it. And then it. she offers to do it for Flora, which is just, these women, all, I think the way that the, everyone was there for the kids, there were mo- there were moments with every single one of those adults where they took care of those kids. And I thought that was really beautiful to see. So yeah. there's a little bit of the the feeling that they it feels like a family. It's like the facts of life, right? Um, Mrs. What's-Her-Face? Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. She's like the surrogate mom, and they're all like sisters. And even though they come from different backgrounds, they all have this like family thing going on. Sure. <laughs> but no, but they all, like these, these people come together. Um, they live, they make it through Rebecca's dying and they still stay strong and they welcome Danny with open arms. I would argue they didn't really make it through. <laughs> didn't really uh, stay strong, but. The bonfire scene was really wonderful. And Owen's mom dying, fuck. Mm, yeah, uh, that's rough. It was really hard. So that how this, I loved how him this... from the first moment we met him. Do you know there him? Was something you know that very... actor? No, I don't. But he's, I felt he's... very, like, he was great. It felt very natural. He mm-hmm. just felt like a really, and especially, you know, I, is it Victoria, is it Pendretti? Victoria Pedretti. Pedretti. I thought she was amazing in Hill House. Yeah. I did not like her at all. I think she's supposed to be slightly annoying in this. And, well, it and worked. she is. But there was a lot of, and it, whether it was overacting on her part or just uh, an embodiment of the character, um, yeah, she was 
over the top and obnoxious. Her voice voice and the mannerisms and the way that she was with the kids a lot of like almost too hands on and like caring too much when you don't even know them and all of that. This is where, but there was something that felt unnatural about her, and then Owen felt very natural. Right. It's funny. I'm I'm gonna say this, and I don't think it's legit because, but. We are being told this story, so it is being filtered through a storyteller, mm-hmm. and the storyteller is British, and there's lots of poking at the American jokes, like, oh, oh she, she still can't I, make tea. She said I wet my pants. She's bad at making tea. She's also bad at making coffee. Right. Um, but it's funny, because it's the woman who loved her telling the story, if you buy into what they do at sure. the end. So you would think that she would paint her in a different light, but the person telling the story is the kind of person who would be like, yeah, I loved her, but she could be really fucking annoying. So I feel like if you're seeing it from that angle and that filter, it makes sense that she would be kind of annoying, and her voice really is. I love that she changed her voice. Um, Yeah, there was just something about the performance that felt very unnatural. I'm a little bit obsessed with Victoria Pedretti. I thought... I was after Hill House. I thought she was fucking amazing. I liked you, the show you... The second season is so much better than the first is it? because of her. Because I never made it through the first season. She's I made it through so, the first oh few God. episodes and got bored. She's incredible in the in the second season. And I'm so obsessed with her that I swear I saw her walking down the streets of St. Charles one day, like a few weeks ago. I was like, oh my God, is that Victoria Pedretti? Obviously it's not, but I'm thinking about her way too much. Um, I don't know. I feel like she could be she's an incredible actress and I hope she goes far. I would like to see her on the big screen, um, but I don't know if maybe TV is where she belongs. She was just really, really I don't think it's fair to say any actor belongs on the small screen. No, I don't know. I just, well, you know, people, they they find their lane and they stay in it. Mm. And my TV and my movies. No, I think you should just go based on the subject matter. Really? Yeah. Well, then why does, then explain to me why Jensen Ackles, Jensen Ackles never made it I mean, he did make it on the big screen, but he, he did in 3D. I saw it in the theater. Oh, <laughs> Good Lord. Um, so I, I think I felt different watching this, and I think it felt different. And I honestly, I think I like. So there was. I think you should rewatch. I do need to rewatch Hill House. There yeah. was. I remember there's an episode of Hill House where it was almost like all like there were some moments where it was just these long takes mm. and long shots the, that I really thought were amazing and it's funny because there there are elements in Bly Manor too and I couldn't it, w- it must have been closer to the beginning because I'm drawing a blank on like when exactly it was you know what scenes but there were definitely moments that felt very much like a play mm. and if it's done right that can be if it's done wrong mm. it can just drag on and be boring but if it's done right if you have compelling characters and great actors and good direction and the mood, I think, is the most important part when you're talking about a television show or a movie mm-hmm. and you have to, it's hard to get, you You know, you go to the theater and you're going to be drawn in already because that's the only thing that you're right. seeing. Yeah. But in it's order it, for something like that to be on the screen, you're going to have to figure out a way to really pull people in. So a lot of times I think that's created with whatever sort of mood you set. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is something that they did well in Bly Manor and it's something that they did incredibly well in Hill House. And it's the, the episode where they're all they've all come together for Nell's wake it's like the day before the funeral I think the night before the funeral I think that's the episode I'm talking about and yeah you're right they're really long shots Mm -hmm. and it's just this family sitting around talking Mm -hmm. and there are you know like the power goes out at one point there are like moments in between where something crashes in the other room and something else happens but it really does feel very much like an Mm hour-long play and normally that stuff 
really bugs me in TV and movies mm-hmm. because it feels sort of stilted and unnatural. And they just did it really, really well. And again, I can't remember the scene or scenes in Bly Manor where I had that same feeling of like, oh, we're getting in play territory mm-hmm. here. But I like it. But I did like it. So mm-hmm. whatever they did, whenever they did it, um, I, it worked. So do you have a favorite episode? Of Bly Manor? Yeah. Um, I, w- I would probably say the Hannah episode. Yeah, me too. I think my only issue with it is... So with Hannah, yeah, I assume her name is... Tania Miller, and fuck, she's incredible. She's great. She's so, like, I've never seen her in anything, but I was, like, blown away. She was great. Um, The, from the get-go, I assumed that Hannah was probably dead. Because you're not going to show her not eating. Like, you're not going to make it obvious that she's not eating unless that means something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And within that first episode with her, they made it obvious two different times that she's not eating yeah. and not drinking anything. So, yeah, I kind of assumed that she was dead already. But in that episode, when she's pushed down the well at the very end, I, I 100% expected for her to die. I wasn't surprised by it at all, but I still felt it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I felt it shows me that you did a great job mm-hmm. of making this character real for me when she however when she, when she had when miles told her like you need because what was he was using the metaphor of not looking down and he told her she just needed to look down he was oh later her, when he pulls her yeah, back to the to, well later he's telling her you yeah, have yeah. to go look it's not miles it's peter he's just being a right prick. and um, that was what like episode that was seven a, or that something was really emotional for her to have to come to grips with that yeah um I think that's part of where my disappointment came from, though, is I thought that was such a great episode, and it really got into a fundamental fear that we all have of of death and what happens after, and, you know, where do we go, and what happened? Mm-hmm. I just said what happens again, but I mean, those are fears that, that we all carry, and how to confront change, even if it's not death, like, how to confront change, and how to accept that you can't do the things that you want to do, like go to Paris with the man you love. Mm-hmm. All of those things were in that episode, and it was so wonderful, and within that character, and then, and then it was just all dropped. It was just dropped. It was just there was nothing after. And yeah, I mean, she has a brief conversation in a later episode where she's back in that interview with Mm -hmm. Owen again, and she says, "I can't help them because I'm dead." And Mm -hmm. he's like, "Oh, but you can, and I'm here, and you need to help save us." And she's like, "Okay, you're right." And then she runs out, and she's like, "Wait, you? They need you at the lake." And then that's it. Then she's gone. And it just it was so disheartening yeah. to it, have it almost feels like she's only there to serve that purpose right and, and then, even then yeah. that and she didn't even need to tell you you're needed at the lake because everybody's running towards the and lake there were you would have found there it there was screaming <laughs> right you could have gotten yeah there. i did love that in the bonfire moment when they walk up and owen's just like say it with me hannah gross in paris he's just so such like a, a romantic and like a yeah. in that moment and he is kind of a romantic and kind of a dreamer oh, yeah, you know yeah. he's He's studying to be a chef in Paris already. Super romantic. And what did he name his restaurant? A Better Place? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that guy's name is Raul Coley. And he, I know him from, fuck, what's it called? I don't know. He looked vaguely familiar, but I honestly couldn't place him in anything. I, Zombie. He plays. uh, Oh, I've never seen that. He he plays a, he's like the guy who works in the morgue who gets her the brains um but he's part of the he's <laughs> of part of the he's part of the team on iZombie. zombie um, he's the guy who gets her the brains he's the guy who gets her the yes, brains obviously um so yeah he's he's wonderful it looks like he was in supergirl too um but yeah i really enjoy him i think he's wonderful 
Okay, so can we... Um, can we... Hold on. I have I have burning questions. Oh, burning questions. Burning questions. Questions, questions. Um, did you have... Do you have a favorite character or a favorite relationship from the show? I would say Hannah would be my favorite, favorite character. character. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, again, I loved Owen as well. But I did not buy their relationship right. at all. The the well, I bought their relationship as but not a, the love story. a deep, but, wonderful friendship, right, and right. I don't understand why it couldn't have just remained that. Quite frankly, because you can have a lot of love in a friendship and still carry that along mm-hmm. with you. It doesn't have to be a stilted romantic love that never got the chance to bloom. That was right. tossed in there seemingly out of the blue. Um, so yeah, I didn't buy the love story between them, but the characters I definitely mm-hmm. liked both of them, and I think. You know, we didn't get a lot of background. Well, we didn't really get any background with Owen other than what he told us. Right. So I think that goes to Raul, I think you said his name was, the the actor, um, for just making him very real and and kind of Mm -hmm. sweet. And there were were definitely moments where, kind of to your point about, you know, you could see that everybody cared for the children. You could see that Danny cared for the children, but it was it felt like a really weird kind of caring. Mm-hmm. Like, you've never met these kids before, but you're just going to race in and be like, oh, honey, what can I do to help you? Oh, my gosh, you're so cute. Let's play mm-hmm. with dolls. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. She called her, like, sweet face or sweet Yeah, or, sweet yeah. girl. Yeah. I don't know. Sweet girl, yeah. It was just something that felt awkward about it. But the moments that Owen had with them, I thought were, they like... They were really genuine. They, yeah, they would kind of joke around and mm-hmm. poke fun a little bit. And the, He's having everybody taste his batter. Exactly. And... <laughs> Hitting them against each other too. One thing's more lemon, one thing's straw. And that's so much fun and exactly what kind of relationship you should have with kids. um, As opposed to like the kind of stereotypical thing that you might see in TV Mm -hmm. and movies of just calling them sweet girl right, yeah, and like want, placating them. But I think that's just because she's the nanny and she kind of had to be like, I love when they're sitting at the dinner table and Miles just being a dick and she's like, nope. And she just pointed to the bedroom. But then... Poor Flora had to go too. I know, but but she just kind of gave Flora a look, and Flora was like, mm, "But she look, didn't you know. do anything." I know, but it was probably bedtime. Ugh, who but, has bedtime directly after dinner? I, the British. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe um, that is a thing. <laughs> yeah. So can we talk about um, Owen's mustache for a minute? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the '80s. It was impressive. It was quite fluffy. It was very fluffy. I was really impressed, and I hope yeah. that I think that was real. I follow that guy on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it was real. <laughs> okay. He he can grow some fucking hair. I believe it. Yeah, like that hair. His his the hair on his head is impressive. Um, so and did, a nice did, head of hair. Did you have a favorite relationship? It could so, be a friendship. It could be. I guess it could be Owen and Hannah. Honestly, friendship. I think that's one of the disappointing things for me that I did feel like the relationships were cl- quite lacking. Mm. Um. And I disagree. I know you do. I but <laughs> the reason I say that is because I again some of them some of them felt forced and some of them felt very false. And there were aspects to so I, I, I guess Peter and Becca, I understood their relationship more and I think their relationship was more compelling Mm. but it was still a relatively small part of the story so yeah kind of rushed in that sense that we didn't get to necessarily see it their relationship really propels the plot in a lot of ways it does and yet you don't and and I don't think that this was a, a part of the story that was lacking so much as 
time you know we just didn't Mm -hmm. have enough time to explore them completely um so I guess I would say that they were my favorite relationship just because it felt the most interesting and realistic because I don't again I I think that um fuck Hannah and Owen came out of nowhere and didn't seem real to me and then of course the the main love story with Danny and Jamie there were moments that were interesting but it didn't feel fully fleshed out and there were so many unanswered questions as to why so also time-wise it's not clear if Danny's there for days weeks months Mm. you would think think that it would be months for this relationship to form but it kind of seems like it was more like a handful of weeks I feel like it was weeks you know and if it was weeks, that's pretty quick to fall in love with somebody, especially if that somebody is a not even officially out of the closet lesbian. And I this is her first relationship after right. a really traumatic, I, lifelong relationship. I think there's something about Bly Manor. I really do. Well, yeah, I think, I think when it comes to love, there's something about Bly Manor. And it may be that it's just, you know, on the, in the English countryside and it's romantic there or whatever. But there's something about that place. That because Danny, you know Peter and and Rebecca and Danny and Jamie and Owen and Hannah and Henry if you feel and that way, do you think it would have been more interesting then though to have that? them drift apart after they left? That, so maybe they maybe, had this yeah. great intense love story and mm-hmm. then once they got into the Just real world, away. yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that would be a happy ending, but I I would feel mm-hmm. I would feel like that'd be far more interesting. Yeah. I do feel too. It's not that I didn't like their story or didn't. wholly believe it but um it's like the moment when jamie takes her to see the moonflower which was really cute and everything but then there's all this she tells us her story we get all this exposition and i'm like what the fuck is this and it was so long yeah it was a really long speech and and she just kind of let her go but i i was like what what is happening i get that she's about to confess her interest or love or whatever but i don't know i it could it was ham-fisted you know yes 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 yeah um so, and, and I, for me, favorite character, it's probably Hannah, I don't fucking, Peter Quint, man. Yeah. He's not a good guy and he's not a bad guy. And I, I yeah, liked kind definitely of. definitely not a good guy. Yeah, he's an abusive piece of shit. He did murder his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, but not really. But he sort did. Of. I mean, he did. And um, then he didn't even have the balls to hang out while him. she died. But I feel sorry for him. Sure. You can feel sorry for someone and still say they're a dick. Yeah. Because that is a fucking dick. I liked their relationship. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Like I said, mm-hmm. it felt, it felt uh, yes, interesting mm-hmm. and, and real. Also, one of the other relationships that I felt like was kind of lacking, honestly, was Miles and Flora. Because there yeah. are little moments where she, he, he gets a letter from her that says, come home. And he is so uh, compelled to come home that he fucking kills a bird. You know, like, he obviously, you get the feeling that he loves his sister and wants to care for her, but then he never really does. And then at one point, he's kind of a dick. I don't remember what he did, but he was kind of a dick, Mm -hmm. and Danny called him out on it, and Flora's like, no, he's actually a, you know, quite lovely brother or something to that effect. But again, we don't actually get to see it at all. So I, I, you know, these two kids have been through so much, and they're the only ones in the house who know what's going on in this house. And they're Mm -hmm. the only ones who've shared this experience of, losing their parents and then losing their au pair Mm -hmm. and and peter and you know hannah's telling us again we're being told instead of being shown hannah's telling us that they bonded with these people and had this relationship and they've been Mm -hmm. through so much 
but you don't really get to see how it actually affected them and you don't get to see their bond and I feel like that would have been the most interesting bond of yeah, all maybe to them me talking about it yeah or the, just clinging to each other right. in some I think way the most you get is that Peter is able to convince them and apparently Peter has been grooming them for that moment where he and and Rebecca are going to take over their bodies that they're going to get to go to forever house which is so okay <laughs> yes so we hearken back to Hill House okay. with Forever House mm-hmm. because that was their Forever House. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even pick up on the Forever House part. I just read that in the yeah. trivia and went like, oh, did he say that? Interesting. But I definitely picked up on what he was what he was putting down in terms of this is the place that you can go where you will always remain safe. Right. And it's Which no, is exactly no pain, what. No sadness. And that's yes. exactly what his mother was doing mm-hmm. in Hill House. I'm going to say his mother, different yeah. character, of course. Uh, what Carly Gugino was doing in, in Hill House, which I thought was really interesting for that series too because – here's this strong woman who before she comes into the home she kind of imbues this strength with within her children you know she wants them to be strong independent kids Mm -hmm. who go out and explore and do different things and are their own person and she encourages the the sensitivity Mm -hmm. that that Theo has and you know she wants them to be these amazing kids who will go in and grow into become amazing Mm -hmm. adults and then once Hill House kind of gets its grips into her it turns her into this this petrified paranoid person who thinks that the world is out to get her family and it's just going to destroy her children and the only way that she can keep them safe is to keep them clustered in this house and to to kill them mm-hmm. in order to keep them in this one spot mm-hmm. in this one safe place in time yeah. um, and it worked really really well I feel like for that for that show and for that character mm-hmm. and it was interesting to hear it come out of Peter's mouth because it brought me back to this show mm-hmm. that I love but it didn't make it made a little bit of sense in it didn't the reason why I say it didn't make sense is because we didn't really see any of that with Flora or Miles dumping it it right and and Flora had even said things that you wouldn't expect an eight-year-old girl to say and made her seem very mature like dead doesn't mean gone and Mm -hmm. I thought I was dying but then I wasn't and I was okay and you'll be okay too like it makes it sound Mm -hmm. as though even though she's had all this terrible tragedy and she lost her parents it makes it sound like she's doing okay, and mm-hmm. she she gets she, life and death, and she's okay. Wrapping her brain around it, and, right? Yeah. And then if she had been in Miles too, if they had just been so miserable, and all they ever wanted to do was to go back and be with their parents, mm-hmm. and it you showed me that throughout, that you could convince them. exactly. Then I would accept Peter being like, you know how you've said that mm-hmm. you've always wanted to go back and be with your parents, and yeah. you know how every time that we come to you, you are desperate to go back to those memories. But actually, like, Flora was pushing back against that, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't quite connect. Peter's plan was also just, can we just talk about how really fucking flawed it was? You're going to put your girlfriend in the body of, like, what will be your, your sister? sister? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's gross. Like, I just uh, But when, this, he, like, when so he came up with weird. that plan, I'm not going to lie, I kind of wanted to see the sequel to see how that would play out. <laughs> Like, we're going to be, like, in our 20s and 30s living in an apartment together as siblings, but everybody's going to know that something a little wonky's going yeah. on up there. I think he didn't ever... I think he just wanted to be alive again. I think he yeah. wanted to take... A, I don't think he cared about Rebecca anymore. I think he was like, I'm just going to... We're going to convince both of the kids. He and was I, very selfish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, totally. Um, and I understand that he was afraid. He was that all he wanted Owen and his batter. didn't make sense. His batter. <laughs> Like, I love that was a point of contention of their relationship, but that's totally a thing that couples argue about. Oh, sure. It is. Like, you were all yelling at me about Owen putting his batter in my mouth. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's like, I don't know, that was last week. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Very real. Uh, really, really realistic, honestly. Um, I, li- I like the time period that it was set in. The 80s? 80s the late, the, the, I think at one point Jamie was wearing, she wore it actually for two days because that was a sleepover day, the blondie t-shirt. Yeah. Just giving me life. I was, um, oh my God, um, Danny's pants. Danny's fucking pants. Oh, they're so great. They were yes. so ugly and yes. so perfect. Yes. Um, the, uh. The moment when, so I guess you don't really know who Edmund is. You don't know who this ghost is that's following Danny around. And so the beginning of the episode where you meet Edmund, you see them sitting in the bed and I'm thinking, oh, they're brother and sister. Like that was my initial thought. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a more brother and sisters. Yeah, they did seem like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then it turns out like, oh, well, which they probably were very much like brothers and sister, brother mm-hmm. and sister. More than Edmund probably would like. Do you think he really didn't know? You grew up with this girl and you uh, had no clue? So then, but I thought it was really sweet. Um, so you see them in the bed and she goes to adjust his glasses and then boom, it's them as grownups and they're getting married and there's this needle drop and it's Cindy Lauper and I can't remember the song, but it's just perfect. And she's wearing this pink fucking dress. Yeah. And they're going to go have this party and just all of it was very... Precious. Sweet. Like, and, and I just loved it. So, I love the wardrobe. Hannah's outfits, whoo, oh. loved, loved. The skirt and the boots yes. and the turtleneck yes. sweater. But how and... much is this back in style now? Like, yeah. it's over 30, nah, yeah, no. 30 years ago. This is over 30 years ago now. 1987 between, like, 2020. And it's crazy to me how the fashions have come back around. But everything it happens. Were, Remember when we were in high school and it was, like, the 60s all over again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I guess it just, um... The only thing was, but mom jeans are kind of back. So Danny's pants. So gross. Yes, it was really weird. So I did like the time. Um, there was even, I think they were playing Higher Love by Steve Winwood when they were all dancing during the party. I don't remember uh, that. It came, yeah. it came on and I was like, Winwood. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I liked, speaking of clothes, there were moments where, um, so Peter gives Rebecca this fur coat. Mm-hmm. Of course, oh, you have to feel it on your stolen, skin. But it's. Gifting clothes to people, like that's something that's very personal. You see, also, it's funny because we <laughs> this this uh, girls weekend that we just had. Oh yeah, and we watched I don't know what like a dozen rom coms. Well, not a dozen, maybe it like four. Felt like that, but there were at least two <laughs> wherein a woman was gifted a dress from a man, and oh, the both proposal? times I was or like, no, not the proposal. That was in um, what's uh, your number? What's your number was one, <laughs> but there was one before that too. Oh, it was wait no. I don't remember what it was now, but it was one that worked out better. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, whatever it was, it was no, it was twenty. Was it twenty seven dresses? Did she get a dress from somebody? I don't know. There were too many movies that weekend. I don't think she got a dress. Anyway, from at some point, a woman was gifted a dress from a man, and mm-hmm. I was like, honestly, I think that's fucking creepy. I get it if you are, if you're living with someone mm-hmm. and you share a closet and they know your size mm-hmm. and style and they know you, but when. You've just started dating someone and mm-hmm. he gives you a fucking dress. I'm not your fucking baby doll. <laughs> Why are you trying to dress me up? This is weird as shit. I think it's a thing. I, I don't think it is a thing. I don't think it's a thing. But he didn't give her a dress. He gave her a fur coat. And then he told her to strip down to put it on. <laughs> that was that was a control thing. 100%. It, it really was. Yeah. But And then you see um, Danny, Edmund's mom gives Danny her wedding dress. And you see her getting fitted for it and everything. Mm-hmm. So there was, I felt like there was something about um, 
gifting people things, personal things. That one point when he was trying to steal a necklace, and I feel like he, he, like Peter was trying to steal a necklace from Bly Manor, and Hannah mm. stops him. And she, but then he did ultimately steal it, didn't he? He did, um, but then he got killed. Uh, oh, was that the night that he stole yeah, it? Yeah, that was the night he stole it. Because oh, um, yeah. that was the night he left Rebecca in bed, and then yeah. he went down to steal it, and then he died. Um, and I guess... It still doesn't make a lick of sense. I was wondering where... Because Hannah, I guess, said, like, that necklace was, like, 400 years old. And I'm like, okay, so we're talking about maybe one of... Later on, because we meet... Maybe it was Viola. Viola, or whatever the fuck her name is. Maybe it was her. Which is so funny, because when I hear Viola, I can only think of Mama's family. <laughs> um, did you... Um, Did you have a favorite story? There are a lot. We get a lot of stories and stories within stories and memories. Did you have a favorite? I, again, I I did like the episode with Viola and Perdita <laughs> um, because it felt like just kind of an old-fashioned ghost story. Now, where it ended up going, I, I'm never going to get over the fact that she is strangling people for no reason. It mm-hmm. still makes me angry because I feel like it could have been so much better and so it could have been so well done and it wasn't so it still pisses me off but I really liked I liked the slow build of that particular story I like that it you got hints of where it could go and again I think that's part of the disappointment that I have is that um, in talking about witchcraft you know whether it's actually sure. witchcraft or just um, some sort of you know it's these two women Mm-hmm. who are going to take care of this manor and they don't they don't want to give it away to any man which is why they bring in this distant cousin and all with the concept that one of them is going to marry him because you got to have a man involved but this is still our home and, and this will always to, be they our still had home. to trap him too which was kind of like yeah gross but i like i really liked that idea and i thought i had hoped they would have explored it more and maybe kind of gotten a little bit into what's passed down from woman to woman so you know then viola has was it isabel Mm -hmm. she has a daughter but then that daughter just disappears and we don't get to see what happens Mm -hmm. to her after that and i was kind of hoping that maybe there i mean i knew at this point that we were approaching the end of the series so i knew we weren't going to get much more exposition on it but that's what i would have wanted to see more was like the female lineage you know Mm -hmm. and and how this manor stayed in the family because they left so how did they who came back and when Um, nobody did though you well, see that. You see that it's empty, and I think at some point the Wingraves purchase it. They, yeah, I'm assuming so, but we don't actually get the story as to why or if they're in some way related to this family in the past, I which so. I had, again, hoped would be the case yeah, so that I mean, you could see that kind of I thought that, that maybe, too, it was like history repeating itself right. somehow, but I, I got the vibe like... So the house, it would have been more interesting right. as a story for me if that had been the case. Yeah. If things, I don't like it when things are just left undone i like it when things come back as far as like reading a book watching a movie you know the storytelling aspect Mm -hmm. of it i really really appreciate when things come back around and come full circle yeah i I think that that episode was really just explaining why there's a ghost yeah but and explaining the curse of hill out or of right and i think but it didn't also and that was the other thing i think it could have done is Mm -hmm. it was really a, a very interesting story about these women and this one woman who is so stubborn that she won't let death come for her and because of that death never came back around Mm -hmm. again but there are a lot of people who are pretty stubborn about things yeah. and they don't create their own vortex of ghosts. Right. So maybe you could have created some sort of mythos around that. Maybe. That could have been fun to get into. Right. The rules. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, how exactly did she make it happen? Just because it sounds like it's just sheer force of will. Mm-hmm. She's just strong and, and stubborn. Which I guess I would have totally bought that in terms of her becoming a ghost. But again, yeah, creating. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the manor, in a lot of ways. So Hill House itself is a character in that story. Mm-hmm. And then the manor, in a lot of ways, is also a character in this story. Um, just the rooms, the wing that you don't go into um that's a fucking staircase so i'm pretty sure that's the same the staircase in hill house was very similar but maybe didn't have did it come down on both sides in hill house i don't remember i don't know it's still pretty grand um the garden the statue garden was very similar to the room in hill house that has the stack that fucking room oh my gosh yeah and i know in hill house and i think they have it here too like you're supposed to be able to spot yeah haunts and ghosts in different places and occasionally because they do a lot of like I'm just going to linger in this spot right here and these and people then are going to have a little bit or and you can kind of yeah. see. So that was Which is cool. interesting. Like in, in Bly Manor, I picked up on it a lot. Mm-hmm. And in Hill House, I feel like, because I did just a few months ago rewatch it mm-hmm. again and I was still surprised by things there. Yeah. And I don't know that it was necessarily better done. I think, I think the set of Hill House was just fucking amazing because here's this old, creepy, dilapidated house that they're fixing up so there was so much more fodder for where ghosts could potentially lie, you know, with that statue mm-hmm. room. And, and you know, because we're rehabbing this place, we have sheets thrown over mm-hmm. things where really maybe creepy. sheets could move. Yeah. And all Just all of it was really, as far as having a setting, um, I really liked Hill House even more than... There's something inherently creepy about a manor in... Mm-hmm you know england that's been around for hundreds of years and you would expect i think to be haunted Um, yeah but there wasn't anything special or unique about bly that i hadn't seen in any other production of of the chapel was pretty cool yeah yeah would you would you live in an english manor oh no god no why not because it's obviously fucking haunted and not only haunted but haunted by british ghosts (laughs) do you have a beef with british ghosts i mean <laughs> uh, I don't like my ghosts to be particularly proper, first of all. And second of all, apparently they like to go around and strangle people for no good reason. So no, I would really rather not be around English ghosts. <laughs> Just reminding me of Spinal Tap with your, like, Nigel Tufnell accent. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it was just really beautiful. And the colors in Hill House felt cooler to me and uh, more blues and grays and that kind of stuff and greens and um, like like cooler greens and Bly Manor felt very warm and summery in a lot of ways mm. um, which I, I kind of appreciated. They just always houses the, the real reason why I wouldn't want to live in a place like that is they always feel so cold and unwelcoming the, the kind of old architecture can... that if the room is too i find something comforting about being a bit closed in eh, okay. and so with ceilings that high and rooms that big it just feels like there's too much space I just love it the stone floor of the chapel it's so cold uh, the fireplaces like in every room there's just something i like fireplaces it. don't get yeah. me wrong but the whole house just seems so cold and empty i went on a I think it might have been the Lafayette Square house tour and one of the houses they let us into had yet to be rehabilitated and it, the fireplace in every room, Mm -hmm. just, and just very creepy feeling because it hadn't been rehabbed, but just so cool to see those old houses. Um, So super fun to visit, walk through, be a part of in that way. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to live in it. I just want to take a moment to talk about Oliver Jackson Cohen and his Scottish accent. 
All right. And and, and no, he's not Scottish. But good Lord, he was bringing it to me in this show. That was hot. It was super fucking fucking hot. hot. He can smoke the hell out of a cigarette. And I could, I'm just, the whole time, just like, what does he smell like? What must he smell like? That's all I could think about the entire time. And I didn't even, the hairy chest, I was like, I like it. I don't haggis what do you mean what does he smell <laughs> like haggis i don't know i don't know why that would be a the thing. smell of sex haggis. you are so fucking <laughs> weird oh my god it's so hot i wonder what he smells um, like I, at one point i was like uh are you into dandy brits and then how bad do you want to bone peter quint i want to did you him. that was your burning question that was one of my burning questions yes no kinda i don't <laughs> I, what does he smell like? I was thinking about... Um, what do you expect him to smell like? Like tobacco and rain. Maybe. I don't know. What's that candle? I have a candle called Mountain Lodge. Maybe he smells like he that. he smells like Mountain Lodge. Um, I, liked when I like, think he smells like death. There was a funny moment when Danny was trying on the... Getting fitted in the wedding dress and her mom and Edmund's mom are sitting there talking and her mom was just like, you know my husband came with me and helped me pick out my wedding dress and you saw how that turned out and i was like yeah guilty <laughs> oh your husband did too <laughs> maybe that's what went wrong i don't believe in superstitions but he did help me pick out my wedding dress did you ever wonder what he <laughs> smelled like before you two got together were you like i just want to get close and sniff him i i oh, don't know please, how to explain it some guys who it. smoke just smell like an ashtray, and some guys who smoke just smell really good. I don't know how to explain it, else to explain it. Okay. And um, to be clear, when you say good, you're not talking like Dracar Noir. No, no. Not like Aqua Velva. Old Spice. <laughs> um, Aqua Velva. <laughs> the scene where after Edmund has died and they're in, that, they're in that line of people while everybody's coming through and paying their condolences, all I could think was that funeral line, those can get fucked. I hate that. I hate that tradition. It's, per, me personally, I think it's torture. I think it's torture if I was, if it was my loved one who would die, that I would have to stand in a line and hold it together while people walked by and paid their condolences. And I also feel like, I, I don't know. I Let's d- be clear. Any kind of line that you have to get into to speak to another person is fucking torture. I don't care if it's a receiving line at a wedding. I don't care if it's a good game, good game, good game, hand slap after <laughs> after a softball game. Like, I don't give a shit what it is. If you have to line up to talk to another person, it's fucking stupid. A book signing? No, you won't see me at a book signing. <laughs> I'm not that desperate to talk to another person. I can go find somebody to talk to. That's fucking bullshit. And if you, you know what, just send flowers. I don't mean at a book signing. I mean like at a funeral. Just be like me and don't show up. <laughs> All right. I don't think I have any other questions. I mean, I we talked a little bit about Oliver Jackson Cohen. Who? I, I gave a lot of shit to his teeth in the invisible man but his teeth uh, they're fine i do not remember him being in it at all yeah. <laughs> well because he was invisible and so he must be <laughs> he, was the, he was the invisible so man weird. spoiler alert he was invisible and he is in the invisible man. i just i still don't remember and you claim we talked about it even <laughs> and i don't remember that at all i'm having a hannah moment so he has 
he in the Invisible Man and in this movie in this film in this fucking <laughs> television series, he is playing that kind of asshole guy, controlling guy. It's the same. He's playing the same kind of character. I think Peter Quint is like a it. little more likable than the other guy um, because you see him emote. A few I mean, times. he's not quite fucking with people's heads in the same way. No, not exactly. Sort of. Of course, he is fucking with children's he's heads. He's not in. He's not in optics. Really, is what he's it not. Is. In, he's not in optics. Um, it's just yeah. the difference between 1987 <laughs> and, and the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. 2020, 2019. Um, so yeah, I think the other thing I guess I'll say about this versus Hill House is that Hill House, uh, they were. I feel like, and I was actually talking to somebody else about this this morning. I feel like it could have been not as long like they definitely felt there were some moments that really drug for me mm. um and it wasn't i wasn't in, in, interested in watching it this i was like i couldn't stop like after mm. the first episode i started to play the second one and at the end of every one i wanted to keep going and i had to like tell myself at one point to stop i think thursday night i was like lee you have to stop because you need to go to bed you have to mm. get up early but tomorrow you can finish it because those first like i want to say Two, three, and four kind of left me like really wanting to watch the next, um, and the, the rest followed suit. I, th- I guess I feel like I felt that way more so with Hill House, but I do think that it's still yeah 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 I had the same experience of wanting to watch more mm-hmm. until I got further in and realized okay there's not enough time to explain all these things and now I'm starting to feel the disappointment creep in and mm-hmm. then by the time I watched the final I, I was really mad at the final episode <laughs> which is funny because I remember people talking about the final episode of Hill House and how a lot of people were disappointed with really the explanation and it didn't seem it seemed all too neat and tidy and um and I didn't feel that way about that at all but I definitely there there was just something about calling her the lady of the lake also and the lady of the lake is already its own myth and it had no tie-in with this ghost story which isn't even really a ghost story because ghosts don't strangle people (laughs) at least not with their bare hands i i don't know it uh I'm also really bothered by the dolls. I just, you bring up the dolls in the first episode and I was, it's obvious. Are you talking about the, the doll dolls or are you talking? Dolls. The, like her, like, I uh, almost said Hannah, Flora's dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you bring it up in the first episode. There's this huge elaborate doll house and she's very protective of her dolls and she obviously has dolls that look like all of these different people, some of whom we recognize and some of whom we don't. And you know it's going to play into all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know it is and it it's does. And then it just fucking disappears. And it really, really, like there are always loose ends and everything. But to have something be that such a, a kind of integral of yeah. point. Yeah, and then just pff, gone. Again, I think I think they're witches. It doesn't. I'm confused about what you think witches are. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, oh, there are dolls, witches. <laughs> witches. Um, I think too the fact that the children they left and then they didn't remember. There's something to that. I feel there's something about Bly Manor that when you're there, you're kind of in this. Which is why, again, I think it would have been interesting had their romance it. really faded away mm-hmm. too, and maybe yeah. Owen's obsession with. Uh, well, I guess he wasn't obsessed, but his his, his love for Hannah. for Hannah would have faded too. Like, wouldn't have that have been interesting if they go to visit him and maybe they're in a rough spot because they're thinking about breaking up and he doesn't say anything about Hannah and he's remarried and moved on with his mm-hmm. life. I almost feel like that. I mean, okay, so it obviously can't then be called 
a love story in the end if that was how it went. Uh, But wouldn't that have been more interesting in terms of making Bly Manor a character of its own? you gotta wonder. So he, they, they make a big deal of saying at the end that he was there when they took her carefully out of the well, and he was with that. He cleaned. Oh my her god! Body. What is this place that allows this random cook to, to come in and clean body a body of, of his dead friend? Like and this town is so small <laughs> that the the Emmy is just like, oh, you want to take care of shit for yeah, me? Go, right go right for ahead. it. Um. Well, you'll you'll be our deputy ward guy. For the <laughs> um. So, yeah, and then he... That's fucking stupid. <laughs> so he cleans the body. He stays with her to the end. He had to have known how decomposed she was. He had to have put the, done the math on the fact that she'd been around for weeks, but she'd been in this world. Bless you. Excuse me. Decomposing. Ah, uh, she smelled real bad. <sighs> it's... Oh, you mean to realize that? Right, that she, he's well, been spending time with a ghost. And that's part of what I mean by, you know, in the last part of that episode where Danny takes on the ghost, nobody says anything. And I can kind of understand it from the kid's perspective of, except I can't. I just don't understand how it, it felt like everybody was like, Oh, yeah, we were just attacked by ghosts. What the fuck? Yeah, oh, wait. Yeah. But then now they I guess really, it's cool. Yeah, they kind of like, it kind of fades away. Like, and... Henry was killed right. by this ghost right. woman. So Owen doesn't And he's Owen just like, well, I guess we'll move out now. The only person who sees the only people who see the ghost aside from the kids are Jamie and Danny. Because Owen doesn't. That we see, know of, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Owen doesn't see the ghosts. Um, I bet he had seen them and just. Maybe. You know, I'm sure they explained it to him, I'm sure they talked about it. But you don't, how, what do you mean, how do you explain that to somebody? Well, you can't, you can't. Right. You just say, like. And you don't get to see any kind of fallout with that. That was what was so great, too, to come back to Hill House. But that moment that you were talking about of complete terror, mm-hmm. where Nell pops in from behind. Yeah. So one of the things, the main thing that was great about it was just the scare. <laughs> just the mere fact that it was terrifying. But one of the other great things about that was it's three sisters. Mm-hmm. And they love each other. And right. they have this great relationship and everything. And. When when their dead sister pops out from behind they're and scares arguing. the hell out of them, they're in the middle of an argument. The sister ghost comes to kind of make them stop arguing. Mm-hmm. They pull over, and the older sister is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the younger sister is so upset because of everything that's happened. Yeah. Like, she's she's freaked the fuck out that they just saw their dead sister as well you should be because it's a ghost Mm -hmm. and you should be freaked out by that so neither of them are kind of just taking for granted that oh we saw a ghost and everything that's i guess that's how it is you know which that kind of almost seemed like in bly manor but they're also um you also get to see the emotion behind what that might do to a person Mm -hmm. And we didn't get any of that either. There's we, just it was just yes. like they went like, yes. oh, creepy ghost lady's been killing people at this manor. Oh, I guess we should go. <laughs> so you do get a little of that in the the very long what I will call the very long dating mob, but the very long wrapping it up where you see them with Owen toasting to Hannah, Hannah, and talking about that. And I think, and they're saying, you know, the oh, kids- I also love too when they did that and. Uh, and Danny started saying something about, I don't think she gave like a story or anything, but she was agreeing with them that, oh, Hannah was great. You know, mm-hmm. she was this wonderful person. 
bitch, you didn't even know her while she was alive. I know, right? All you knew was the crazy ghost, Hannah. Do you, like, do you think she grapples with that at all? I don't know. But I feel like maybe part of why we don't get that is because it is a story. Somebody is telling us this story, you know? And that's why maybe it feels, Mm, I don't know. I don't don't know. I can explain it away. But the other thing, too, is when stuff like that happens... And I can't say that I've ever experienced something supernatural with a group of other people, but I feel like there are some people who will explain it away and, mm-hmm. and, and make sense of it, that logical sense to themselves. And some people will accept, oh, supernatural thing happened and it was wild. And yeah. some people will just try to forget it, bury it deep down, shove it deep down, pretend like it never happened. Yeah. And I think that's super interesting and I would like to see that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And instead, I feel like what we got was everybody moved on just fine. Right. And there was no yeah. kind of... The only real- there was no real denial other than Danny maybe a little but mm-hmm. but that's why I was also hoping that <laughs> I feel like if the person I loved was possessed by a killer ghost mm-hmm. I would do everything in my power to, to help them and instead Jamie's just kind of like well keep holding her down I guess <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really did make you, sense did you and did you recognize too when she was possessed that one of her eyes became brown and her roots got darker the roots I didn't really notice. The oh. eye thing, it was funny because I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that both her, that her eyes were different colors. I just at one point was like, wait a minute, does she have brown eyes? Did she have brown eyes before? And then I realized they were different mm-hmm. colors and it was yeah. like, oh, okay, I yeah. see what's happening now. And I think her wardrobe changed a little bit too because Danny always wore like more like pastels, pinks and purples and, and like pale blues and when you see her later on... Is she wearing Victorian dresses later and I missed yeah, it? Yeah, like you, you probably weird. wouldn't have seen that. Um, but but more like red and dark brown um, and maybe even black in some cases. But I think... It was kind of a bummer that they didn't age. That they're yeah. just like, 10 years later... I know. <laughs> well, Owen has, Amy had a few streaks she had of few, white. Owen has the exact same <laughs> mustache few, like 10 years later. And time was very weird in that last part. But again, she was telling a story. It was like, months passed years passed mm-hmm. and then the and next- at some point i became this beautiful carla <laughs> gugino character yeah um i loved i think the very end though um i liked it was again a little bit ham-fisted heavy-handed of the flora character the bride to say i have a correction and it's not a ghost story it's a love story mm-hmm. god you didn't need to say that we fucking get it mm-hmm. and then in the end you get to see the the last the last moment in the movie is their connection yeah. still alive. You know what I did like about the ghost story love story thing though was she said that and Jamie older Jamie she was like well perhaps when you retell this story mm-hmm. you can change it. I did like that that it was kind of like I've gifted another generation with this story mm-hmm. and it in theory of course is the generation that lived yeah. the story even though she doesn't remember it. And her middle name is Flora yeah not her first name so maybe again again it's a story so maybe flora wasn't the name that she was called when she was at bly manor maybe if she really oh, yeah, is yeah, the girl yeah, from yeah, bly I, that's I mean. just her middle name um and they don't really even talk about their relationships to each other in that group in that wedding group you yeah. don't really and i assume that she did make up the names in the story because mm-hmm. otherwise people would have been turning to owen Looking and being at like, all of them hey sounds like you yeah, <laughs> no. but i don't think his name is actually owen no we that's what i'm saying that's what yes. i mean yeah. yeah she's making yeah. up the names so yeah i don't know all together i feel like i really enjoyed watching it it kept my attention um i really appreciated some of the relationships the acting i thought was the kids the little girl it's funny, I was talking to Amanda at work, and she was just like, 
Did she, she watch it? First, yes. She said she doesn't like Victoria Pedretti. I was like, okay, now maybe we can't be friends. Oh, dear. Just kidding. And then she was saying the little girl Did was, she watch Hill House too, or did she only she watch She hadn't this? seen Hill House. Because, again, I did not care for Victoria Pedretti mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Even though I love her in Hill right. House. So maybe that's why. I'm pretty sure she hadn't seen Hill House. But um, she was talking about how annoying Flora was yeah in the oh my god what is it what perfectly is it perfectly splendid or everything is perfectly splendid, splendid yeah. for like 27 times yeah, but she picked it up from her old au pair and i appreciated that i did appreciate that yeah <laughs> however had i been with that child i would have been like okay i think we need to have a little talk <laughs> about synonyms yeah i loved when Flora had been doing all that sleepwalking at night, and then she gets and she finally is like, I don't, she always says, I don't like this game. She sits up in bed, she's like, I don't like this game. Show yourself. Show yourself, Miss Jessel. I've had enough. And then Miss Jessel shows up, and she's like yelling at her, and then she disappears. And And she goes away. Come back here. (laughs) Come back. I've had enough. I'm like, yes, Flora, take charge. Good job. And then, of course, Danny shows up, and all hell breaks loose. But uh, I, I really liked that she kind of put her in her place. I think Miles was kind of passive with Peter. He really looked up to Peter and seemed to, he, he you know, even before he let Peter into his body, he was kind of like, oh, I don't like this, but, you know, you're like my really the only male figure in my life right now besides the cook, so oh, I'm gonna, oh, I don't know, you know. Um, Think of how different he would have been had he gotten more attached to Owen instead. Huh, totally different story. I know, Totally right? different kid. I know. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, and I don't, some of it I don't, like, thinking about how this show ended, I'm like, why the fuck did we need to see Owen at boarding school? Like, what the fuck did that even do? Like, it didn't. Owen at boarding school. When he was, away, or not Owen, Miles. Why did we have to see Miles at boarding school? Like, we what? saw him at boarding school? Oh, you mean the episode. Yeah, when yeah. Like, school. why gotcha. did we need that? Like, what, what, it, I guess they were just, the story was unraveling, but that is a piece that Jamie shouldn't have known about. I think there were several pieces yeah. that Jamie shouldn't have known about. Um, so I'm like, why Why did we need to see that? It yeah. didn't make any sense. But um, but somehow, you know, and she's talking about Flora had written him this letter and had to, he had to come home. and His methodology for coming home is still whacked. Well, he had to find the key. Oh. Everyone has a key. And that's so funny. The, the key thing is it, it could have been really interesting, but all it really was was some random thing that, Peter so, said at one point. A, a paradigm that Peter had about yeah, people. And it doesn't even tie in with anything. Ah, uh, Peter Quint. Mm. What a tool. What a stud. He just goes around talking about keys and dream hopping. <laughs> they don't even make any sense. They don't even mean anything. He was smart. Fucking he figured Peter. things out. Did he? Yeah, he did. He was killed by a ghost. <laughs> he didn't figure that out. But when he got when he when he got dead. Then he was able to kind of figure out. I how think it to... took him like a year. Yeah, it took him a while. And he didn't have anything else to do except sleep and walk. <laughs> and sleep and walk. She slept. She, she woke, woke. She walked. She walked. That was rough too. I did enjoy her being. I enjoyed her being trapped in the room. Mm. But I liked. I really liked that. That I think was the, one of the scariest things for me too. When she jumped out of the chest? No, no. The, that she could be trapped in the chest. The idea that she was trapped in this room. That she so steadfastly refused to go that now for all eternity seemingly mm. um she would be trapped in this tiny room alone she wasn't and all she, she seemed could do, okay with it though because 
Well, because she, in her mind, she was going to be freed her by her daughter. Was coming, yeah. But until she realized that, before she before she accepted it, remember there was a period of time mm-hmm. before she accepted it where all she did was she slept, she woke, she walked, and when she walked, she could only walk in this one yeah. tiny room. Yeah, that is and it a was, terrifying. Uh, it was a jail cell of her own design. Yeah. You know that that was. Um, it's the psychological uh, uh, fears and and kind of thriller stuff that that gets to me, um, which is why I feel like again they're. You can be subtle. You don't have to fucking have a ghost going and choking people to death. Do you hear that, Mike Flanagan? You don't for, have you for don't your have next to do it. for your next. You don't have to do it. Trick for your next trick. Be, be more subtle. There was a lot of of good subtlety in it and in Hill House. Um, yeah, I, you don't need to use your tricks on me. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna do another one. I'm not. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, they certainly can. Of course, there's enough yeah. fodder out there, and they have yeah. good actors involved. If they, you know, bring some of them back, and they could bring people back from Hill House who maybe weren't in this one, or people who were in Bly Manor who weren't in Hill House. I mean, you mm-hmm. have a lot of people to to choose from if you go to through that same. It, it feels like a a, a a traveling acting troupe kind of thing it does all right well thank you for joining us on this journey of watching a nine episode television (laughs) show in a week and thank you for listening i'm really quite tired and we'll see you next time the movie virgins hey people it's me it's you it's us get up inside this body peter quint i'm waiting for you i know you smell real good Actually, Oliver Jackson Cohen, if you're listening, I know you smell good. Um, And even if you didn't smell good, like, I wouldn't care. Um, And to all the rest of you, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed that very special episode about The Haunting of Bly Manor. We had a lot of fun recording it. We also had a lot of coffee. So there's lots of um, enthusiasm and some yelling. Uh, That was fun. It was fun. Um, So next week is the big deal week of Halloween. And I think I might be releasing two episodes that week. We will definitely have Little Shop of Horrors and maybe one other one uh, that I don't want to mention yet because it's not recorded. Um, Yeah, wherever you're listening, please subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, rate us and review us. Would you please, please, please? And you can find us on Twitter at MovieVirginsPod, which, you know, you can find us there. Just, we're there, hanging out every day, waiting waiting for you to get inside of us. It's just me. I'm the only one waiting for you to get inside of me. And I'm only going to let you inside if you're Peter Quint or Oliver Jackson Jackson Cohen. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all, and we'll see you next time. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. i